Hello everyone and welcome to the Be Light, Shine Bright podcast. My name is Pakala Kiara and I'll be your host. Here we discuss life and how the different facets of it can influence our mental health. We will talk about therapy, interventions, mental health and life experiences. Remember, if you like it, feel free to give us a share and invite your friends and loved ones to listen. The topic for this episode is be the person you needed when you were younger. There's a couple of facets to this topic and the first is what I always used to think of when I read this quote or saw this around the place and it was you know about being a good role model for others um, being a good role model for younger people and kind of putting yourself in someone else's shoes but the other kind of slant that I can take on this and I will take on this tonight is kind of giving ourselves the things that we missed out on in childhood so like reparenting ourselves and giving ourselves the things that we need as adults that we probably needed when we were children or healing and resolving traumas that we received when we were younger and that's a huge topic so um, of course this is going to be kind of a brief kind of chat about that but yeah so back to the first slant so when I look at being a role model it's kind of about being the best version of myself and it's not because I have tickets on myself or I want adulation or adoration it's it really is about thinking about those kinds of people that I looked up to as a teenager uh, as a child as a young person and trying to pass that gift on I was lucky enough and fortunate enough um, to be involved with a number of kind of younger adults uh, growing up. I didn't have my father around, um, but I did have a lot of my mum's friends and friends that I would consider on the same level as family. And a lot of them were kind of in between my age and my mum's age. And I really valued having them around me and being able to confide in them and kind of getting their perspective on life as well. And when I think about being that for other people, I kind of want to pass that gift on that they gave to me. And I think it's quite common for us when we are wanting to be role models or the best version of ourselves to think about those people who we admire and either be like them or try to put our own flavor on being like them so playing to our own strengths but still kind of giving the same value that those people gave to us and yeah if we look at part of that quote when we're saying be the person you needed so what did you guys need when you were younger because for me, I, I think I needed someone that I could trust, someone that I could count on, someone whose word mattered. And that's what I strive to do uh, with the young people in my life. So whether that be my own children, my stepchildren, 
other young people that I see, so my clients, uh, my other family members, we all have younger family members than us. And just really anybody. I strive to be a person that does good and not harm. And I really needed that when I was younger. I needed someone that I could trust. Um, when you lose someone in your life, like your father, and I'm not speaking about because they've died, but because you no longer see that person anymore, it can affect you greatly for the rest of your life. It can affect your attachment patterns. It can affect your trust. It can affect your self-worth and the way you see yourself. It can affect many different things. I also find it very healing now as an adult to kind of fill those gaps that other people leave. And this is not because I want adoration or adulation and I have a, a saviour complex or something like that. It's just because I would like to make the world a better place, a world that's full of kindness and love. And if it's within my power to offer that and be that for someone, then that's what I would like to do. On the flip side, I would never want to hurt uh, someone the way that I've been hurt. So um, because of my childhood, I have really um, made sure and ensured that I strive to be the best parent that I can be, that I co-parent well with um, my son's father, that I listen to concerns, that I give them time, that I prioritize them. I make sure that the kind of things that hurt me growing up are not things that are going to hurt my children. Also when working with children I like to really put myself in their shoes and think about the things that I valued at that age, the things that made a difference to me when I spoke to someone that was older. I like to remind myself of the different developmental stages of the brain and practice patience and give time for processing and things. Adults take a lot of time to process things, but children need a bit more time and especially children with a neurodivergence. And this does not make someone lesser than or slow. It just means that more patience is needed sometimes. And sometimes when you give that processing space, the answers and the talk and the value that comes out of these young minds and mouths is really, really valuable and really important and really enlightening. I'm always outstanded by the things that the young people I see have to say. A lot of them are very insightful. A lot of them are very in touch with their emotions and what they're feeling. A lot of them aren't afraid to tell the truth and they aren't afraid to stand up for themselves, hold their boundaries and stand their ground. And I really admire that about them. And I would love to nourish and nurture that because for many of us, that kind of stuff was stamped out for us growing up. I think this also flows into kind of a few of the topics that I spoke about last year 
about living on purpose and living with purpose and finding out what it truly is that you want in life. It's about self-love. It's about showing people the way by being that, showing them that it's possible. I would have loved to have met and known more people with ASD when I was younger, um, as ASD adults. I would have loved to see how it looked and I would have loved for there to be more awareness so that I could see that that was what I was dealing with and I wasn't problematic and I wasn't this hot-headed um, child that everybody seemed to think I was. I really struggled living in a neurotypical world where people took my blunt honesty as um, me being vindictive or nasty. I couldn't understand small talk and things that seemed to matter to other people but really didn't matter to me. I would have enjoyed my strengths being embraced more so I always try to embrace the strengths and encourage the strengths of the young people that I'm around. Some of these young people have never been complimented, have never been encouraged, have never been praised. Some of these young people don't even know what their own strengths are because no one's ever pointed them out or told them about them. I always aim to lift others up and lift young people up especially so that they know that there's stuff to look forward to and they know what it feels like to feel nice and complimented. This is a short interruption to let you know that if you or a loved one is experiencing difficulty or is in need of more support, you can find me at maramacounseling.com. Be sure to check out the audio resources page also where you'll have access to a number of free resources that will help you to feel relaxed. Be sure to take advantage of my 20-minute free initial session. I am also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Can't wait to work with you. Now, this is kind of the deeper part of the podcast where we kind of touch on being the person that we needed for ourselves. So kind of being that role model, but for ourselves. So it's kind of like being a double self. So now that we're older, often many of us, probably all of us, have some emotional wound from childhood that remains unresolved. And I think what some people get confused about or what some people don't know about are ignorant of is that a lot of the times these are unconscious things. And a lot of counselling is about making the unconscious conscious. So it's about bringing these things to the surface. Sometimes the way we react in a certain situation is because it's something that happened to us in childhood. And I'm speaking about this from my own personal experience with counselling. It could be something quite little in, in the sense of the length of words or what was said. But the way that our child self interpreted that can be so long-lasting and so wounding 
and takes a long time to recover from. And we might not even be aware of it. We might not consciously hold resentment or consciously hold hurt or consciously hold a grudge, but subconsciously and unconsciously, we have absorbed this information at a certain age and it has cut us to the quick. It's hurt us to the core and our unconscious self has never kind of let go of that. And I've done personally some work with counseling, but also with things like hypnotherapy, um, things like neurocoding, um, counseling from all different types of slants. And these things, they can hurt us for a long, long time. And you might have some of these unconscious things that are directing and shaping the way that you live and shaping the things that you do and kind of impacting on your personal choices and I see this a lot with my clients but as I said also my personal life um, with myself but also with other people in my life and in my family so sometimes it's up to us to help heal these wounds now that we're an adult so we can comfort our child self we can talk to ourselves. We can ask ourselves, what is it that I need to feel safe? And what would I do if someone else came to me with this problem or someone else came to me with this feeling? How would I sit with them? Often we're very harsh on ourselves and we kind of expect ourselves to get over things quite quickly or we call ourselves silly names like that. We say, we say things like we are stupid or we are dumb or why can't I just get on top of this? And we, we get quite down and negative towards ourselves. Often this is not helpful though. It's really kind of, well, it is healing, but it's empowering to be able to kind of take the reins and really listen to yourself and be kind to yourself and reparent yourself. So if you were parented in a way where you felt kind of unsafe, you can give yourself safety now that we're older. And it might be hard if it's something you've never experienced or you're not sure why you feel unsafe, it can be hard to kind of come up with, um, you know, things that make you feel safe. Sometimes we need to sit down and have a long conversation with ourselves. So sometimes when we're being reactive, we kind of need to take a step back and go, why did this touch on me so badly? And sometimes this is hard to do by ourselves. So I always recommend if this is something that resonates with you, seeking out the assistance of a mental health professional like myself or one of my colleagues to help you kind of hash out these things. Sometimes these things, as I said, are quite unconscious and quite hidden. Some things we remember, some traumas are burned into our brain and they affect us for a long time. It's hard to forget about them. Some traumas, you kind of remember the peripheral stuff or the stuff around it or perhaps some things that some others have told you. But when you go right into it and you reprocess it, whether it's through psychotherapy, whether it's through psychodynamic therapy, counseling, EMDR, 
hypnotherapy. There are many different modalities you could utilize to get to these memories. We realize, wow, that is interconnected and it really shapes the way that I feel about myself in many different situations. As I was saying before, if we dealt with the feeling of unsafe and feeling like we are not safe, we can really start to feel into, well, what are the things that make me feel safe now? And they can be physical things like a hoodie, um, a hat, a blanket, locking the front door. It can be emotional things or support type things like a warm hug from a friend, um, being able to know that someone has got your back, so trust. Um, it can be spiritual things like your faith in God or your religion, whatever that may be. It can be your belief in science and quantum physics and that kind of thing. There's a whole lot of things that can contribute to our feeling safe. We can do this with many things. If we were not parented with boundaries or our boundaries were often broached, as in our personal boundaries. So even things like being forced to hug people, forced to hug relatives, we can start to listen to ourselves now as adults and say, well, actually, no, I don't really feel like hugging that person or I don't really feel like hanging out with that person today, so I'm not going to. That's not a choice I want to make for myself. Often when we don't listen to our inner voice, we kind of pay for it later. So perhaps you might feel like you have to hang out with someone because they're related to you or, you know, they're your in-law or for whatever reason you feel like you have to do it and you force yourself to sit through it and then someone is rude or you just don't have a great time and then later on you're like, why did I do that? I wasted time, they were rude to me. You kind of get more resentful than you would have been, you know, if you hadn't forced yourself. You kind of resent yourself and that other person then you're not just like not liking that person. And then when we start to do these things like put boundaries in place and not force ourselves to hang out with people, we actually feel really good. And we go, wow, I, I didn't need to do that to myself. It's not something I needed to sit through. And I made that decision for myself and it feels good. And these things can be hard to kind of get through sometimes if it's something that we're not used to. So if we're not used to feeling safe, sometimes feeling safe feels kind of weird. We're like, what is this strange and unfamiliar feeling? It's almost scary. And same thing when we set boundaries. We think everyone's going to think I'm rude. I'm not going to be a good person. They're just going to use it against me anyway. All these kind of things can come up. But the more we start to practice the things we would have liked to experience, the more that we kind of feel more at home with ourselves. Like we don't need to punish ourselves anymore for the things that were done to us. Other things that we can do when we've had a kind of jumbled or abusive or chaotic childhood is think of things that we would have liked to experience and give that to ourselves now. For some it can be simple things like a home-cooked meal. Having a space that's just yours. Meeting your own needs. So having a nice bath, a candlelit bath. Making time for yourself. 
taking care of your needs and not putting yourself last. This is actually something that I personally struggle to do. A lot of the time, I will rationalize putting myself last in a way where I don't even recognize that I'm doing it until I'm kind of burned out and I'm like, why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling so bad? And then I kind of look and I'm like, well, put everybody else's needs first. You know, I've taken care of of that child's heart problem and that child's anxiety issue and my partner's back problems or whatever it is. And I've kind of put myself way down the bottom of the list and now I'm hurting for it. As I said before, we can do things like setting boundaries and limits for others, setting boundaries and limits for ourselves, putting ourselves to bed early instead of staying up late and kind of rebelling <laughs> because you you know, you have to wake up earlier, so now I'm going to go to bed later and that, those kinds of silly things. Um, exercising, making time for you, doing silly things like dance parties or, um, you know, fun things like carnival days, um, days that you wish that you had or fun days that you actually did get to experience as a child and you'd like to recreate. Some people find it hard to be alone, but spend a day with yourself and spend it doing things that you like doing. Spend it doing your hobby. Spend it pampering yourself. Spend it creating a list of things that you can do to feel better. Spend it with someone that you love. Just one person that you really connect with that makes you feel good about yourself. Start up a ritual, a daily ritual that you like to do to go to bed or to wake up in the morning and that kind of thing. So yes, be the person you needed when you were younger. It's about being a role model, but it's also about being there for yourself and really loving yourself and engaging in acts of self-love in ways that are not often thought of immediately. So not just pamper time and things like that, but things like, yes, setting boundaries, listening to that inner voice, respecting yourself, those kinds of things. So I hope that this podcast has brought some value to you. And of course, there are some deeper subjects that we touched upon in here, like trauma from childhood. And I'm always here if any of you need to talk about that thing in more depth. And if you're not comfortable with me being your counsellor, I definitely know a lot of good ones. So get in touch with me and I can give you a few contact details. Go out there and shine, baby. This concludes this episode of the Be Light, Shine Bright podcast from Maramar Counselling. I'm Pakala Kiara and I hope you enjoyed listening today. Keep your eyes peeled and your ears ready for more episodes in the future. And remember, be light, shine bright. Until next time.